Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me here on the Fridays with Francis podcast. I'm so glad that you've decided to be with me. Just a reminder, these podcasts are the audio versions of the video live streams that I do every week on Fridays at 8.15 Eastern on my Facebook page, Monk Musings, or my Instagram profile, Francis OSB. If you'd like, head on over to those platforms and you can see the video live stream either while I'm doing it or it also gets saved so you can watch it anytime you'd like. In the meantime, thanks for joining me on this podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and thanks for joining me. Here's the latest episode of Fridays with Francis. Hello, Facebook. Hello, Instagram. We're here. Okay. We'll get started in about a minute or two. I'm just going to make sure everything is broadcasting the way it's supposed to. Give me a moment here. Welcome, everyone. So glad you're here. So glad you're here. Thanks for being here tonight. Okay. Hello, hello. All right, we're broadcasting. People are coming on. We'll get started here in just a few few seconds. Very, very grateful for all of you who are here tonight. Hello all. It's 8.15 now. Just give it a few seconds and let everyone come on. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome, and let's begin as we begin all things. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear God in heaven, we ask you to be with us this day, to come into our hearts, to fill us with your Holy Spirit, to enlighten our minds, and to fill our hearts with your love. Help us to always recognize that you are present to each of us in our brothers and sisters and our neighbors. Illumine our minds that we may know your will and we may continue to do it. We ask all this in your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fridays with Francis. This is episode 20. Thanks to all of you who have been here from the beginning, those of you who have been here from the middle, those of you who are just joining now. If you're just joining now, go back and watch the other 19. 
but thank you, thank you, thank you for being with me these last 20 weeks. Remember 20 weeks ago when they said we're going to shut down for 14 weeks and let this, you know, curve flatten? Uh, here we are, still in the midst of pandemic. And uh, I, again, I'm just so grateful for all of you uh, for being with me and for continuing to listen to what I have to say. Uh, it really is quite humbling and, and very, very, uh, I'm very overwhelmed with gratitude for all of your support and all of your encouragement. Uh, a special shout out to those of you watching on Instagram who are new, uh, who joined me this past Tuesday praying the rosary and now have come over to this channel. I'm very grateful for you uh, that you are here tonight. Welcome. Welcome to our little family. Uh, I'm so glad that you're here and uh, hopefully this is a spiritually fruitful exercise for you. I certainly hope that it is. So here we are, episode 20. I want to uh, speak to you tonight about something that I encounter in a number of people, in a number of Christians, uh, and the age of those of these people that I encounter with this particular uh, issue, we'll call it for now, we'll call it that for now, uh, is they're all... All ages, all types of people, men, women, boys, girls, everybody. And I think, yeah, all of us have this issue at some point in our life. And it is this. The issue is that we feel we don't know who God is. And the that we don't know who he is to us, who he is to people in our lives, who he is to the world. That he seems to be just a mere abstraction. That he's the, the big guy on top of a mountain in the clouds who controls life, the universe, and everything. Uh, but that day-to-day... He doesn't really have anything to do with me. I think we've all felt like that at some point in our lives. I think we've all felt that way. Uh, and for some people, it's you feel that way one day and the next day something's changed. For some people, you, you feel that way and it's for a fleeting instant and then you're able to sort of ground yourself back into faith. For some people, it's you felt like that for a long time. You felt like that for days, weeks, months, years, decades. That God is merely an abstraction. That you don't have any sense of who he is to you. There's no personal meaning when you hear the word God or you hear the name Jesus. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight is a way of overcoming that and a way of exploring this, what we can call desolation, this emptiness that we might feel 
when we don't we, we don't feel that Jesus has anything to do with us that we don't feel that Jesus has any care for our cares any concern for our concerns the first thing I want to mention is that he does first of all he does care about what you care about he is concerned about your concerns he feels your pain he feels your anger he feels your sadness he feels your joy he feels your happiness that's the first sort of way to overcome this desolation of, of you know, God isn't here God's an abstraction is he does he does care about you he does know you he does want to have a relationship with you that's the first thing the second thing is as a way of overcoming this desolation of not knowing God and feeling like you don't know God uh, I have found very helpful an exercise and we're gonna start early uh, we're going to go to my favorite segment and yours we're gonna check the book and there were too many citations for me tonight so I made a list uh, rather than trying to flip through this book all at once uh, <clears throat> and the this exercise that I that I do is I try to look at the titles for Jesus that appear in the sacred scriptures so for example the very one of the very first that comes to us and I'm gonna search my little thing here uh, is Savior one of the very first titles that we have for Jesus is Savior and where does that come from that comes from the second chapter of the Gospel of Luke the angels appear to the shepherds in the fields of Bethlehem and they say to pull it up here there we are for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior and then they keep going with another title who is which is Christ the Lord Savior Christ Lord and here's the exercise find these titles think about these titles and really think about their meaning and say this to yourself if Jesus is the Savior if Jesus is my Savior then what does that mean if he is my Savior that means I'm saved first and foremost Jesus is my Savior that means I'm saved and if I'm saved well that means that when this life is over there's another life that I am destined for eternal life that's what I'm I was saved from eternal death 
things start to become a little more real when you realize you have eternal life. That you're living for heaven, not for next week. Or not for your next paycheck. Or not for fill in the blank with anything that you can use to fill that emptiness inside that can only be filled by God. That's just one example, Savior. I'm going to list off a couple that appear in the New Testament, and then we can talk a little bit about the Old Testament. There are titles for Jesus in the Old Testament. They're a little more difficult to find, but you can find them. The first, uh, the first one that I really like is the Good Shepherd. And for those of you following along in your Bible, uh, check out the Gospel of John, chapter 10. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. The good shepherd is the one who leaves the 99 behind in search of the one lost sheep, which is you, which is me. You are the lost sheep. I am the lost sheep. Jesus is always searching for you and searching for all of us to bring us into the fold, to bring us into eternal life. Good Shepherd. It's a good one. It's a good one. Lamb of God. Let's continue on our little shepherd theme here. For those of you following along, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 29. John the Baptist sees Jesus coming to him and says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Okay, he's the Lamb of God. The lamb in the Jewish tradition was sacrificed for the remission of sins in the temple. So if he is the lamb of God, the sacrifice of God to forgive sins for all of us, again, what does that mean? That's a little bit of an impersonal one. I'll give you that. And you got to do some theological acrobatics to get there. But nevertheless, something to think about. I'll do another one that's my favorite. The Lord of Lords. This is the first letter of Timothy, chapter 6. And I'm going to actually go to it because the translation that I have in front of me on my computer is not so great. 1 Timothy, chapter 6, verse 15. In this letter, Paul is exhorting Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. And he says, this will be made manifest at the proper time, this being the, the second coming of Christ, by the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords. 
this again places Jesus, places God in a context that all the power on the earth and all the blood that is spilled in the name of politics, in the name of conquering lands, in the name of, I'll say it, in the name of religion. All of that doesn't mean a hill of beans because Jesus is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The same Jesus who we will meet on the last day. You know, kings, queens, presidents, prime ministers, dictators, they're all going to meet him too. And we're all going to be put up against the same standards. It really puts things in perspective when you think about it. And it, I find it to be very humbling. Humbling. It really is. Here's a, two more for you, and then I'll uh, wrap it up here. This this one is my one of again these are all my favorites they're all great I think and that's why I'm talking to you about them. Um, this comes from the letter to the Hebrews. And again I said I wasn't going to do this but this bears a little bit of context. I have just little quotes in front of me but I like to I like to get into the nitty gritty here you know. The letter to the Hebrews chapter four. The letter to the Hebrews, one of my favorite letters in the New Testament, is an appeal to, was written as an appeal to Jews at the time who uh, the author, we don't really know who the author was for a long time, everyone thought it was St. Paul, but recent scholarship has said that it, it probably was not, but that we don't know who wrote the letter to the Hebrews. This was an appeal to the Jews at the time showing that Jesus was the fulfillment of the law, that it was the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Uh, I really love studying the connection between the Old and the New Testaments. And so the letter to the Hebrews is, if you're interested in that subject, the letter to the Hebrews is where you start. In the letter to the Hebrews, uh, the author of the letter to the Hebrews calls Jesus the great high priest. He says this in chapter 4, verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. He's the great high priest. He makes sacrifice for us. What was that sacrifice? He sacrificed himself on the altar of the cross so that we might live forever. Think about Jesus as the great high priest and then go back. You can go back into the Old Testament and read about what the high priest's tribal Levi, what they did and why they did it puts things into perspective. And the second, the second, the, the, sorry, not the second, but the last <laughs> title that I'll do from Scripture, and then we have, I have some things to wrap up with here, comes to us from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 1. Paul, as you know, the great apostle, the great evangelist, 
We, uh, we wouldn't have most of the New Testament without St. Paul. We can say that right now. Uh, without his conversion, it's very likely that Christianity would have been viewed as another sect of Judaism, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the, and the um, Sumerians. Uh, St. Paul's the great evangelist. And he develops, he develops for the church. He doesn't invent it. He developed it. It's given to him by Christ. He develops for us the real theology of that we are the body of Christ and he is the head. And he is, in fact, the head of the church. And so in Ephesians 22, he's talking about this and he says, he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The head of the church. He is our head. Meaning what? The body does what the head says. So we should do what he says. That's the point of that. Now, those are just some of the titles for Jesus that are found in the Bible. Uh, I will tell you, if you Google titles for Jesus, you will find hundreds of websites with dozens of titles that you can take a look at. And I encourage you to do that. Uh, many of them will have a scriptural uh, backup for them. And so I encourage you, get your own Bible, check it out, uh, read it for yourself, study the context, and really put flesh on those titles. But I came up with two more, and I didn't invent them for sure. But, and, and these don't necessarily appear in the Bible strictly, they don't strictly appear in the Bible, but I think they bear, they bear talking about. And if, if any of you are out there and you're in this position that I talked about where Jesus isn't a real person to you, then let me just say this. He's your friend. Pure and simple. He's your friend. And the beauty about having Jesus as your friend is that the relationship is sort of one-sided. Whether or not you accept Jesus as your friend is up to you. But Jesus is your friend, and he's not changing his mind about that. He always is your friend. I say this is not strictly in the Bible because it doesn't say, you know, anywhere in the Bible, Jesus is your friend. But remember what he says to us in his last days, and this is in the Gospels. I no longer call you servants, but friends. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. 
He calls us his friends because he reveals to us everything that God the Father, our Father, is doing. And what is that? That he sent his Son to save us from our sins. He sent his Son to die for us, for you and for me. He's your friend. So what does that mean? Well, talk to him like he is your friend. Talk to him like he is your friend. Tell him what's going on. I mean, he knows. Believe me, he knows. But this is an exercise that will help you, that will help all of us. And I find I do this every day. I run through my day. Lord, I woke up this morning and I did this, and then I did this. And I was really happy that this happened, and I was not so happy that this happened. Talk to him like he is your friend. Tell him about your day. Tell him what you're worried about. Tell him what you're happy about. I have a uh, tradition after I'm finished taping these episodes on Friday nights, and that is that I call my friend. He's watching right now, I hope. He's only missed one. But I call my friend, and I tell him about my week. I tell him what I'm happy about. I tell him what I'm sad about. And I'm sure all of you out there have friends like that. I hope you do. Oh, wait, you do. His name is Jesus. I no longer call you servants, but my friends. Subheading, under the title of friend, confidant. Jesus is the only person you can tell anything to, and he's not going to blab about it. He's the best secret keeper that there is. I no longer call you servants, but my friends. He's your friend. He's your savior. He is the Christ. He is our Lord. The Son of God. The Lamb of God. The Son of David. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. The Light of the World. The Good Shepherd. The Alpha and the Omega. The Beginning and the End. He is our Rabbi, our Teacher. He who became, he who was there at the creation of the world became man, became a human being so that he might teach us how to be perfect human beings as he was. Jesus is your friend. He's your friend. He's your confidant. That's what I got. That's it for today. I'm, again, so grateful that all of you have joined me. Thank you for being here this evening. Uh, again, very grateful 
for all the support and encouragement that you all are giving me. If I could ask uh, two favors before we end tonight, the first being that on, uh, actually, I'm going to ask you three favors. First favor, tomorrow, September 12, 2020, a dearly beloved friend of mine, his name is Bishop Joseph Gary. He is the retired bishop of Portland, Maine. He is uh, a former abbot of my community, and he is a member of my community, a real dear friend and a real teacher to me and to countless others. Uh, he is celebrating his 92nd birthday tomorrow, September 12th. So in your prayers, if you could throw up a prayer for Bishop Joseph, I know he would really appreciate it. Second favor, on Monday, September 14th, the Feast of the Holy Cross, one of the novices in my community, Brother Celestine, is taking his first vows. So if you could please pray for Brother Celestine on Monday uh, as he takes this next step into religious life, and then also pray that more will answer the call to, an to enter religious life and monastic life, especially here at St. Anselm in Manchester, New Hampshire. And the third favor, this is a personal request. I am pleased to announce, and some of most of you, I think, know this, but I am pleased to announce that this coming October the 2nd, I will be ordained as a deacon by Bishop Peter Labashi, the Bishop of Manchester. I will be ordained a tra transitional deacon on October 2nd. Uh, more details about where to watch and all that. Uh, but if you could please pray for me uh, in these coming weeks as I prepare for this next step for me in my religious life and in my journey here on earth as a disciple of Christ. And so I'm so very grateful that you're here and that you have joined me. So let's close uh, our time together with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus Christ, Lord and Master of all, we are so grateful for the many gifts that you give us and for the mercy that you show to us each and every day. Help us to know you, to love you, to serve you, and to show you to our brothers and sisters. Help us to know that you are our friend and that we can bring all of our cares and needs and concerns to you, the Almighty God. We thank you. We praise you. We love you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me this evening. Again, so very grateful that you're with me. Uh, please join us next week, same time, same place. And until that time, know that you are in my prayers and that God is working on your behalf. Heaven is holding conversations about you. Angels have been assigned to you. Be at peace. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>